I know. And I know that he watches over me. I don't know about all of you, uh, those here and those watching, but uh, the last couple of weeks, we've had to come to the reality uh, of where, as an old preacher said, where the rubber meets the road, uh, where our faith is realized that he knows. He knows what we're facing. Uh, this is nothing new to the Lord. It has not surprised him. Uh, and so we are challenged in our faith to truly trust him in everything. This morning, I'm going to change things up. We have been preaching through the book of Nehemiah for uh, almost two months as we move forward. And uh, it's the kind of a perfect place to kind of change gears for a few weeks. Uh, I would be remiss if we did not address uh, the situation that not only our state, our country, and the entire world is facing. Uh, I was looking just a moment ago at many of you that are watching, and I see very familiar names from the first church I ever pastored. Uh, people that uh, from Alabama and other states, family members that uh, are watching today, and I'm just thrilled to death that you're doing so. As you see, I brought my new best friend with me today. Uh, I have always been kind of a germaphobe when it comes to washing my hands. Maybe that was just having a, a mom and dad. We grew up in a grocery store, and so... We were constantly washing our hands and I would be putting up produce and putting up stock and it'd be nasty or we'd be cutting meat and we'd always wash our hands, wash our hands, wash our hands. And so that's nothing new, but this is like washing your hands on steroids. We, we're going into an Olympic sport of washing our hands. And so this is everywhere and we, we are very mindful of what we do, we're used to uh, being, of course, good Southerners and good Southern Baptists. The first thing we do is we reach out our hand to shake someone's hand in greeting. And now I've learned the only way to deal with that is just to put on my, my pocket gloves. When I see someone, put my hands in my pockets and nod. I saw somewhere that it said that it's better to stay six foot apart from one another than to be planted six foot. There's a lot of practical advice in that. But as we look at this and how much we have used this in the recent days, and we have it uh, in our homes, we have it in our vehicles, and uh, if we pump gas, we coat our hands with it. And, you know, I thought, well, if I drink it, would it just come out my pores and, you know, maybe be able to kill everything. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 8 today. Luke chapter 8. As we look into God's Word, and I want to challenge you, and I understand we're not in a normal church service. Uh, we're not uh, in anything of normalcy these days. Everything has been turned upside down, and there is no one 
that this has not touched. Everyone is touched in one way or another. And we have been taught, do not shake hands, to separate ourselves, to uh, shelter in place. And uh, it just seems so odd. And I don't know about you, but uh, my life has just been turned upside down. I'm a very outgoing person. Can't stand to eat by myself. I can't stand to just be isolated for a certain amount of time. I, I, I get away, but then I'm ready to see someone and to talk. I've loved, loved, loved church members. Listen, you don't have to roll your windows down. We're over six foot. We would love to see you come through the drive-thru. We had police officers this week. We had uh, those who are, are homebound through this be able to just drive through with their children. And in 30, 40 years from now, if the Lord has not come back, they're going to remember when everything was shut down, but them and their family came through and prayed. I want to challenge you today that in the midst of a world where we can't shake hands with our friends or our neighbors, where we can't just go to and fro like we were used to going, that there's one that we can touch. I love the music this morning. I love the, the praise in, in song uh, that focused on who Jesus really is. And there's a lot of you watching today that, and I, I don't mean anything critical, but uh, desperate times calls for desperate measures. And in our comfort, I know in the last three or four months, I've heard people talk about their 401ks were greater than it's ever been before. And life was better than it had ever been before. But I challenge you to look through scriptures and see when God was able to use his people the most was in the midst of persecution and trials and troubles. Listen to me today. Has God in his sovereignty not allowed this to come onto our lives to get us back focused on the things that we pray most for, our family and our church. Today we see a story of two individuals who desperately needed the Lord. I don't know about you. I, as far as I know, do not have COVID-19. I've tried to talk myself into it, I think, a couple of times. But Evans County is one of roughly 40 counties or less that we have still not had uh, a, a, a confirmed case in out of 159 counties. And I don't believe in curses and you just cursed us. And listen, they say we probably have it and just don't know it. Very possible. But out of 159 counties, we're still one of the counties who does not have a positive test. The truth is it's all around us. We know someone. And if we don't know someone, we know someone who knows someone whose family has, who has been adversely affected. There has been many who have died through this. Many who are sick today through uh, a gathering of church or a gathering of family around a funeral. These two people were very, very desperate. And they desperately needed the Lord. The key to these dramatic events was the faith displayed by man, this man and this woman as they reached out to do nothing less than to touch the Savior. As the scripture clearly shows us, they touched Jesus. 
No other way around it. I'm afraid that many of us are simply waiting for Jesus to just come by and touch our lives. Will things dramatically change? And I know this is not popular today, but I can remember as a pastor in 2001, I remember when 9-11 happened. I remember the drastic outcry of how we need God. I remember that following Sunday where church attendance went up 35%. And I remember one month from then when there were less in church than there was prior to 9-11. If this thing turned around between now and Easter, and I pray it does, will we simply go back to our busy ways of life Back to ball and back to recreation. Will we go back to being too busy for God? Listen to me, everybody that's watching today. God's giving us an opportunity to be still and know He is God. To be still and reach out in our desperate situation for a touch from the Master. Listen, we, we're... we're just waiting around and, and hoping that Jesus will somehow come by and just sweep through our home and through our country, through our church. What do you think could happen if through this pandemic, in an act of faith, God's people who are called by His name reached out and touched him. What about you that's watching today? You are watching out of uh, uh, desperation that you just need some good news. I, I'm, I feel you. I'm with you. But you're watching knowing right now in your spirit, this, the Holy Spirit of God is convincing and convicting you of sin, that you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And right now through the preached word of God, through your Bible opened in your lap, or on your phone, or on a tablet. God's Word is speaking into you, and Jesus is passing by. Are you willing right now in your living room, in your car, wherever you may be, to reach out and touch the Master? There's a few things I want you to look with me in Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 41. Or to back up in verse 40, he said, And it came to pass, and it came to pass, that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for Jesus. I'm waiting for his return, but I'm also waiting because, listen, there's nothing I can do about COVID-19 except to separate myself. I I'm not a medical doctor, and from what I can tell, the medical doctors are scrambling to do everything they can. We are pressing, our president is pressing car manufacturers into making ventilators. There are people who don't even know how to sew that are figuring out how to sew to make masks. People are gathering together to do what it takes. And right now, I think we would gladly receive him. We're definitely waiting on him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one daughter, his only daughter. She was about 12 years old, which had spent uh, 
and she, she was laying dying, 12 years old, lay dying. Can you imagine the brokenness of this father? But as he went, the people just overwhelmed him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all of her living upon physicians, she'd had every possible test that could be run, everything in that day that could be done. Neither could be healed of any. Both of them came to him and touched the, she touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude overwhelms you and presses upon you and you say, who touched me? I want you to understand, just as in this day, Jesus knows Jesus knows it all. Jesus is the Lord. And if you're reaching out, Jesus knows your faith and sees it today. And rest assured right where you're at, God can heal your life. And Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling. And falling down before him, she declared unto him before all people, for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And then Jesus turning unto, the, unto Jairus said, and, and well, he said unto her first before Jairus, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith had made thee whole. Go in peace. Yeah. And while he yet spake, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered and said, fear not. Fear not, world, fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. Today, in a world that we live in that we can't touch anything. I went to pump gas the other day, and I'll just tell you, it just freaked me out. I put a glove on, pumped the gas, took the glove off, threw it away. Doors scare me to death. I don't want to touch a door handle. I don't want to go anywhere. I've read everything. Listen, I've read how long it can live on plastic and cardboard and live on dog's hair. I've read all that stuff. What I've also read is there's nothing that can stop the touch of the master. Jesus was touched in difficult circumstances. Can we all agree this is a difficult circumstance? where every day we watch statistics. Every day. We watch how many more cases are reported. We watch the death numbers rise. And may I remind you, don't be saturated with numbers and forget every one of those is a loved one. Every one of those is a soul. Every one of them is alive. We must not be overwhelmed with that. And think only when it reaches a certain number should we be impacted. We need to understand everyone matters. Jesus was touched in difficult circumstances. Notice the man. He was a burdened father. And watching today and those here, there's several fathers in, in this room. By the way, we're keeping it down to the minimum. We're just staff and thank God for our praise team. But I'm going to tell you from experience, there's nothing like the burden a father has for a sick child. 
I've stood at the bedside of one of mine in an ICU unit not knowing what was going on. And much like COVID-19, except for it was bacterial, we went through the whole gamut of that form of pneumonia. I was a burdened father to the point that I could do nothing else but stand at the window and cry for the Lord to cause the sun to rise on the darkness of my soul. I imagine this man felt even more. You see, he was emotional. We don't like emotions as, as men. We don't want to deal with those emotions. We, we were taught and we're even made in a way not to be overly emotional. But listen, this man was so burdened. He was so broken in his emotions that he was willing to do whatever it took. And he heard that Jesus would pass by. And so he came to touch him in this difficult circumstance. No doubt as a ruler, many today are losing jobs. There is an overwhelming responsibility on a man's life. And women, I don't mean to belittle at all. There's many women who are providing and, and doing so in equality in the home, but there's just something about God when he created Adam and he's called for the men to lead their home. It, and the Bible even says that a man who will not provide for his family is worse than an infidel. And there's something very broken about a man who's willing to work and wants to work and can't. People are losing their jobs, both men and women today. They're struggling. They have no earthly idea how they're going to make ends meet. And church, hear me today. Now is not the time to forget. And I don't want to preach about money, but I'm here to tell you today, it is not the time to stop tithing and giving to support the ministry of the local church so that we can reach out and support those who are in need. I've talked to many whose hours have been cut back. One of our church members called this week and said, well, pastor, I lost my job this morning. I said, did you know it was coming? I had no idea. People are struggling financially. They have no idea what they're going to do. Some who are essential, who are still going to work, and they're paying child uh, care and things and, and having to pay extra because it's got them completely out of the norm. Listen, people are hurting emotionally and financially. And if you are today, I want you to know Jesus is passing by right now. Are you willing in faith to reach out? You see, he wasn't physically ill. I, I don't, I'm not physically ill. You're not physically ill. Many of you who are self-quarantined, you're not ill. You have kept your distance and you're not physically sick, but emotionally you feel like the weight of the world is on you. And as I expressed to someone this week, during the week I've just felt this, this cloud of dread over my, over my head that I can't go to the office like I would like to. I can't go out and meet those in the street and talk and sit down and fellowship together. Though he wasn't physically ill, the one he loved was. Today, as we prayed, those who are serving on the front line, even now, have no idea every day they go to work, is this the day that I will contract this virus?
Will I bring it home to my family members? We have those who are working in hospitals that are having to change everything about their routine. They're literally undressing in the garage and putting all their clothes in tubs so that they prevent at all cost bringing it home. People are hurting. We need to cry out for those who are struggling. We notice the woman in a broken life. Now, this lady was the precursor to social distancing. She was a woman who had an issue of blood, and according to the law, she had to separate herself from everyone else. It was like leprosy. She literally could not be around anyone else. This woman was a broken woman. Physically, she was broken. Many and some maybe even today are in hospital rooms. Or you have family members in hospital rooms and you can't even be there. We must, we must trust the Lord in everything we say and everything we do. See, she was a reject, unclean. She was quarantined, but she would not let it stop her from touching Jesus. I want to tell you today, when church does start back, we ought to be the first ones. Every church in our communities should not hold the people that would throng to come to worship together. But today we can't do it. But I want you to understand, you can reach out. She was prevented, but she did. it did not stop her from touching Jesus. Jesus was touched by desperate souls. The woman came from behind him. Listen, we, we, we have no right to the Lord, but because He loves us, He's willing to do whatever it takes by going to the cross for our sin. It was a show of determination. How determined are you to reach your world now? Through drive-through prayer? To come? Not just to be prayed. I want to tell you the honest truth. As we did those drive-through prayers, it was such a blessing to pray with them. But you know, there were those who drove up this week and said, I want to pray for y'all. Man, did I need it. Those who have texted, those who have called, says, we're praying for you, we're praying for your church, we're praying for your family. We ought to be praying for one another. Jairus was praying for his daughter. The woman was praying for herself. She came in a show of determination. The Bible tells us the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You've heard the acrostic push, pray until something happens. I, I want to say pray until God's will happens. I was in the Garden of Gethsemane not two months ago, and I was overwhelmed with the thought that Jesus fell on his face by himself, completely socially separated from everyone else. And he prayed this prayer, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. I don't know how to pray in all this. I know I pray for healing. I pray that God would, would, would cure. But I know the greatest thing that could happen is God's will to be done. The man came from below him. It said that he fell down at his feet. Are we willing to humble ourselves today? Or do we keep thinking that somehow we can fix ourselves, we can fix our country? Listen, this is a pandemic. It goes around the world. There are people in Italy where they literally were burying hundreds
hundreds of people a day. And I am not fear-mongering, but church, listen to me. In just around eight years, 70 million people died at the hands of their fellow man through World War II. Imagine what would happen? We've seen the devastation. We've heard of the Black Plague and the Spanish Flu. We've heard of the things of the Dark Ages. We've seen it through the plagues of Egypt. But where the blood was applied, God delivered. The greatest thing we can do today is to fall at His feet. But then Jesus was touched in very much dependent submission. Are you willing to submit your life to him today? It says in verse 45, who touched me? Who touched me? He said, I know somebody touched me. And she came trembling. And Jesus said, daughter, a sign of endearment, a sign of family. Said, daughter, be of good comfort. Be comforted in the face of this trial. Let there be no hindrances. Though the crowds, may, may, though everything is thrown at us right now, may we in the stillness of this moment allow nothing to hinder us. Turn everything off and focus on Jesus. It may mean at the end of this service, when this live feed is over, do not get up and rush to the refrigerator. Do not do anything else but sit there and quietly don't say anything and say, God, speak to me and just be quiet and respond with no hindrances. There was no fear. Look in verse 50. Jesus said, fear not, believe only. Do we believe that God is really God. Can God change this? Can God fix us? I know that as a pastor, we have prayed for stronger families. I've been burdened for families. I've been burdened. I've seen so many families struggling recently. Today, families are being restored. People are Families are coming back to an altar of prayer. Families are coming together in ways of, of fishing and playing games and doing things. We have no earthly idea that God, what God is doing through this to heal families. No fear. Our children are there. They're at home. Jesus was touched. And he said, don't, don't fear. Only believe. No doubt. We must cast all doubt aside and believe in Him and in Him alone. You see, she reached out and touched Him. He fell down and cried out. They even brought news that she was dead. Jesus said, don't panic. I want to tell you something today. God can do whatever He wants, when He wants, how He wants, through whoever He wants. But one thing I do know, Jesus loves us. Jesus loves you. I don't know what you've been going through. I, don't, I, I know what this is doing, but I don't know your personal life today. Most days I don't even know mine. But what I do know is that he is there to hear us today. And if something's so small, my wife said, why do they keep putting that big gray dot with them red things on it? I said, well, that's kind of the picture of what the virus is. If something so small can cause so much damage in the world, 
Imagine what the mustard seed of faith could do if we just believe. I know that a handful of apostles turned the world upside down, but it wasn't them. It was their faith. It was who they had their faith in. What are you putting your faith in? Putting your faith in medicine and doctors? I want you to know something. God gave us those. Jesus reciprocated to the touch, and he touched them. It said in verse 50, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. He said in verse 52, They all wept and they bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead. And he spoke and he said, Made arise, listen. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 states, For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He understands what we're going through, but was in always tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Listen to me today, church. May we in faith reach out when we can't shake hands, we can't hug necks, when we can't go out and high-five each other on the ball field, when we are socially distancing and, and sheltering place, may we cry out and reach out and touch the hem of the Lord's garment. May God heal us. And I am not just talking about the physical healing of our land and our world. What we need is a spiritual touch. What we need is a submission in humble obedience, reaching out just to touch the hem of his garment. In knowing that as, as Abraham believed, the Bible says that if he would have taken his son's life, that God in his promise would have raised him from the dead. Do we believe God can do whatever he needs to do? So right now, I'm going to pray. And I want us to think about Jairus and the depth of his burden. Many of you are so burdened. I met at the hospital here and prayed with other pastors and people pulling up all over the streets, people praying on Facebook and other social media platforms. Many of you are doing that today, and I want to echo what Andrew said, please, at the end of this, when you're praying, if you pray to receive Christ, you'd like to let us, we'd love to hear that. If you need someone to give you some answers or uh, pray with you, share something with them, get on that communication form, leave your number, and somebody will reach out to you in the next day or two. We will pray with you. But may we understand, I can't fix it. This group and all the pastors all over can't fix it, but our Savior can. May we reach out for His touch today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we stand in awe of Your glory and majesty. Lord, I'm struck by the fact that there was never a time when our Savior walked this earth, God in the flesh, never a single time where he passed a funeral, where he passed someone who had recently died, 
that when he left, they were still dead. May we understand that Jesus is life. He doesn't just give life. He is the very essence of life. He is Lord and Savior. And may in the quietness of our moment, this quietness of our living room, our bedroom, our study, maybe sitting out on the deck on a beautiful, beautiful Lord's Day, may those who do not know Jesus reach out. Reach out in repentance. Father, I I can't fix myself. The doctors can't fix me. The preachers can't fix me. Lord, I need your touch. I need your healing. Lord, may I believe. Increase my faith. May us as believers reach out as broken family members, as those who are hurting in our families, those who are hurting emotionally and mentally, physically, spiritually. Lord, may we cry out, Oh God, touch us and heal our land. Lord, may we trust you. And in so, Lord, may we go away comforted and without fear. Lord, what an amazing, powerful story of two dramatic Acts you did right here, but that's nothing new to you and it's nothing old. You are in the miracle business. Lord, we stand short of nothing less than a miracle. We need you today. Lord, may our faith cry out. Lord, heal us. This is our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, if you prayed, if you are seeking God, will you please fill out that communication form? But even if you don't, make sure, make sure your heart and life is right with the Lord. God bless you. Have a great week. Look on our website for other announcements, other opportunities to serve and to worship. And we pray that God bless your week. God bless you.